I want to congratulate you. You are the co-host of number 141, the 141th ranked music podcast. 141th? Let's start again. 141th. And take two. 141st. 141st ranked (laughs) podcast about music in Canada. Congratulations. Wow. Wow. I didn't realize this, that this was specific to welcome to the music until after I sent it to you. I was just excited. Oh, we're, we're back at ranking in Canada. And then I realized, oh, this is welcome to the music. <laughs> wow. That's funny. Hi, the following podcast is brought to you by Radical Road Brewery, the best craft beer in the heart of Leslieville. Find them at 1177 Queen Street East. That's Radical Road Brewery. Hey, this is Chin and Jetty, and welcome to the music. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're glad to have you here, Chin. Really, really appreciate you joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for thanks for coming on. Okay, so the hard-hitting questions begin. You, you, just, <laughs> you just finished watching Mandalorian? I did. It was incredible. Okay. So you give it a thumbs up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Best thing I've seen this whole holiday. Really? Yeah, and we waited, we waited to see it on purpose so we could see the whole season in one day. So is this season two now? You've watched, like, all at once or...? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we went in. We went in, man. We had a huge charcuterie plate. I mean, table, and and we resumed with our family in California. Yeah. And three families were watching it together, so it was awesome. Nice. Wow. Are you guys like Star Wars fans, or what's the? uh... I I wouldn't. I wouldn't say we're fanatics, but we like it. Um, After that, my kids started building Lego. Uh, They're. 14 and 18 and they went out and got some Lego and they're building uh, like they, they built the Millennium Falcon last night. So that's kind of cool. Wow. Cool. That is neat. So good show. You'd re- highly recommend it. Yes. Nice. I, I remember, I remember building star Wars as a kid, but it was before there were any of these kits. Yes. So your Millennium Falcon was like this big square block with a slightly smaller square block at the front and, yeah, very different. Yeah. Very different. I, would, I remember as a kid having all the books, mm-hmm. no toys though. Mom and Dad wouldn't let us buy the toys, but we did have the books. It's all the Star Wars books. Yeah, and apparently there's like a bunch of them, like way more than the movies. Like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, absolutely. You, you can tell Kareem's a huge Star Wars fan, right? I I couldn't care. I'm not a. <laughs> <laughs> my 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 son is the big like Marvel DC. Yeah, I'm that uh, guy too. All, the, all that all that sort of stuff. We did watch Wonder Woman last night, uh, WW84. Yeah, it was disappointing to me. That was all right. I haven't watched it yet, but I've been hearing not yeah. very good things about it. No, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. But we won't. I won't get into it because I don't want to ruin it for you. 
Both yeah. appreciate that. Thank you. I, I don't know when we'll watch it. We'll watch it. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it was interesting, but you're right. Like COVID and the holidays is a good time to, uh, to catch up or, or to watch and, and splurge on a bunch of these different TV shows and movies and such. Um, yeah. But Chin, let me, let me ask you about this. I, re- I remember reading or, or maybe hearing one of your talks about, you know, we're coming up to, uh, it, it's the holiday time. So obviously New Year's Eve is a big party time mm-hmm. um, for a lot of people. Um, this year will be a little bit different, but you've told stories about your parents um, throwing New Year's Eve parties in their basement and how these were legendary uh, amongst your friends. I was wondering mm-hmm. if you could uh, yeah. talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, my dad used to have friends over, my uncles and aunts, and they used to sit in, they used to sit in the basement and sing songs, drink lots of chai and eat food, and this would go on all night. And and eventually, my friends caught on to it, and they loved it, and, you know, it just became a community thing. It's really lovely. Yeah. But what about, like, the New, the New Year's? I remember, was it, was it you were playing at... Nathan Phillips Square or something like that was it Nathan Phillips? Yeah. Square? Uh, mm-hmm. But all your buddies went to your, your yeah. house. Yeah, that's right. Because they're much rather be indoors and be served great food and sing songs <laughs> rather than see me in the cold. So yeah. So have you have you carried on that tradition? Uh, before all this, yes. My my house is a bit of a hub for a few families. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And is is it a, is it a music hub as well? Like, is there music always going uh, on? No, not it's not really centered around music. It's just just being together, you know, watching movies, making food. Um, no, we don't really do what mom and dad did, but but it's still there. Just every everybody come out and hang out. Yeah, that yeah, so, it's important. That is so cool. Um, so. Greg and I were watching your TED Talk. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we're always interested in how people come to music. Um, you know, some people say, oh, you know, my parents were, were players, and so there's always music. Yeah. On. Your story's a little bit different. Your story, and correct me if I'm wrong, but your story starts, in terms of music, mm-hmm. starts in the hospital with you actually hearing your heartbeat. Yeah, that's part of it. Could you that's tell us a bit it. about that? Yeah, I'm well, I mean, the other part is as well. Well, the main part of it is really like uh, music therapy was a big part of my rehab, and okay. it, like you know, to exercise the dexterity and the muscle movement in my hands, they would use instruments and and shakers and just you know, like to just to get me moving. And then uh, when I had that surgery and I was like zoning in on the sound of the, the monitor, those are all like really important components for me Yeah. in my, in my music journey, for sure. Well, what, what was it about hearing that that was musical to you? Well, it was a note and it was a rhythm. Mm-hmm. So um, it was just something I uh, gravitate towards. You know, it was like, it was uh, it had me focused and was calming. Really, eh? 
Was, yeah. was there was there music? Like, did you have a sense of music prior to that? That sort of made you aware. It all, yeah, it was, also, it was also my home. I never, mm-hmm. I never claimed it as my own. Like my dad would yeah. always play music, and mm-hmm. and we would always listen. And even when we went on family vacations, I remember my dad used to play ABBA and play the Bee Gees and Stevie Wonder on top of all the uh, South Indian music and film Hindi film music. You know, yeah. So it's always in the house. Yeah. So what, when, when you started playing music, like what, what kind of music did you start with? Prog rock. Then it yeah. went to reggae. Then it went to reggae and then it went into everything else. Yeah. Mm. Prog rock. Yeah. You told a story earlier about uh, you bumping into Getty Lee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also I remember listening to, Max Webster and uh, just love Saga and CS and uh, all those groups were a big part of my introduction to the bass as an instrument. But then when um, I started listening to reggae and listening to bands in Toronto, like at the time there's a group called Messenger and, and that was a really big deal for me the bass is quite the component. And then after that, you know, funk music and like what was alternative then. And then I got into making tracks and that started really in only in rap music. Cause I like the programming component. I love oh, also house music. And then that just turned into whatever it is now and, and I think I'm the perfect example of a musician from Toronto because we're really and truly amalgam of, of a lot of things I've never been anywhere else in the world or North America in any big city in music centers where musicians are as rounded as the ones in Toronto are really yeah yeah we listen to everything and we know a lot about everything like New York so, even Oh yeah, no, no, no. I, I would, I'll go on a limb and say we were way ahead, way ahead. Like in the '90s and '80s, we were a whole, a whole other thing. We were a whole other thing, from my experience, because I worked in those areas too. Yeah, you know, we. And I think it's because we didn't have an identity. New York had its identity. Detroit had its identity. Yeah. L.A., Chicago, Boston—they'll have their musical identity. We were just like, just like this melting pot of sound, you know. And if that really came out, it, you, you can hear it now. Like, even if you listen to someone like Drake or The Weeknd, as much rap as it is, or R&B as it is, if you listen to The Weeknd, you could hear Susie and the Banshees sampled in their music, mm-hmm. or you could hear Drake did a whole record based on Licky Lee samples. You know, like, not everyone knows that. Huh. But Toronto, Toronto musicians know that. I remember in Toronto hanging out with a, a group of us and I'd like to think a lot of us were like pioneers of what's going on in the city now because those same people are still in, in, in present company included are responsible for some of the cool things that are happening in our oh. city, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool. And think, it's all because the- – go ahead. I was going to say, I also think, I also think it was reflective. And I think of back to the eighties, playing the eighties and the nineties, 
like our, our live music scene, like our live music scene reflected that as well. I mean, you could oh, go yeah. to, you'd go to Lee's palace and you'd have, you know, a ska band open up for a funk rock band. And then the closing band is a, a folk outfit or so, you know what I mean? Like it was just a real mess. Yeah. And then did you remember in Lee's palace, they had that place called the tunnel mm-hmm. and, and there was a dance club after a punk show, you know, it's, it's, it, I don't know how to describe it. Thank you. Um, it's pretty I, I don't know how to describe it, but it's, it's, um, I remember listening to Motorhead <laughs> and then being okay to listen to, I don't know, a Tribe Called Quest or Grandmaster Flash or Dale. You know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I remember li- listening to Fishbone and then listening to Joy Division and, and being mm. okay. Like I didn't have to belong to one thing. Yeah. yeah. And I can go and I can tell you these stories. I can go on and on. Now I'm not saying that everybody was like me, right? But there is a group of people that are like me and, and mostly in the creative people. Most creatives were like were like as eclectic as I am, if not more. And and some of them even were able to I mean like we we have a band in Toronto called the Reostatics and they're yeah. like they were like our David Byrne, David Bowie, our, you know, they had this wonderful project called Whale Music. And we were opening up for them, a, a pop funk band, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't go any more mismatched than that. And one of the highlights of our career is like we went on tour with the Bare Naked Ladies. And we played in these huge venues. And that, right after that, uh, the Crash's Dummies took us to America with them. Like that, that's, what Tron- that's what Canadians and Torontonians do. Huh. You know. Yeah, I would say so. I would say that like they're really open-minded. I was just talking to a friend of mine. Do you remember a band called The Odds? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so I do music for a TV show called um, what's it called? Tall Boys. Yeah, CBC. Um, on CBC, and I do that with uh, Craig Northy from The Odds. Mm-hmm. And we were just talking. And then all of a sudden, randomly, he started talking to me about Terrence Trent Darby, and oh, man. and how much. And how much he knows about it. And that's like the Canadian musician in general. Yeah. I don't, in, in, in America, it's like if you do rap, you know everything about rap, but you don't know everything about other things. But other things, interesting. Does that hurt? Like, did that, did that no, hurt no. or help Toronto in terms of it not being on the map in terms of this is the Toronto sound or, you know, Toronto, this is the type of music? Like, what, what are your thoughts on that? No, it didn't hurt. It didn't hurt at all. And in fact, it's not hurting. We're, we are the most influential city in the world on the planet as far as pop music is concerned. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more influential than us. And, yeah. and that's because of everything I just told you. Yeah. It's interesting. You're, you're in Vancouver and you're, you're still using we in terms of describing, <laughs> describing. I'm a Torontonian. Yeah. I'm a Torontonian. I mean, I probably know the city better than most Torontonians, you know? <laughs> well, what part of Toronto did you grow up in? Um, I grew up in North York, went to school in North York. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, But it was always downtown, had a place downtown, partied downtown, did gigs downtown, created downtown. Everything I am is from the Queen Corridor, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know this, Chin, about um, the the whole idea of 
was it you and your dad or your family? You 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 actually sold seventy thousand. I don't know. Was it cassettes? Was it CDs? Combination? Uh, I think it was a combination of everything. Yeah, and this is like out of your, for lack of a better term, out of the trunk of your car, out of your garage. That mentality, mentality, yes. Yeah. Like it's not like we were going out slinging CDs, but but we were selling we were selling CDs at shows. Uh, We were selling them out of our home. We were then eventually HMB picked up on it, and the rest is history. So let's, I, I want to lead up to that because that's like, you know, to get to that point is something, right? Like there's a development of you as a musician. There's the development of, was it called Bass's Bass even? Mm-hmm. For, so, so how did you land on being a lyricist, being a songwriter? Bass was sort of your quote unquote instrument. Um, and then leading up to the formation of the band. Tell, tell us a bit about that. I mean, I did all of it out of necessity because I wanted to be able to do all of it. But I don't, I still, I don't think I was very good at all of it. I think I was learning my bass and, and learning the other parts. Now, now I'm better than I was then, but I still feel like I'm learning. Sure. And um, I don't know, like it's, again, it's like this thing growing up there. We just wanted to be well-rounded and, and make, music with people we want to get to get to get for me to get respect from my teachers and 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 other musicians that i love in the city was more important to me than anything else yeah. you know the, the goal was never to get a record deal the goal was never to be part of the industry it's more just to be respected by fellow musicians because if they were so good yeah it's so important to us and out of it came all the other stuff yeah so how did you meet uh, Ivana? It's so funny. I just found out just now. Um, a friend of mine worked, I think, at some like sporting sporting goods store. Okay. And Ivana worked there, and the friend of mine was a drummer, and the other one was a keyboardist. That we all played together. They met Ivana, and uh, she told them she played trumpet, and her dad's wedding band. And then my friend had a big crush on her. Okay. And, and then, and then he invited her to the band practice and then the rest was history. No way. So putting together, so was it Funkmobile? That was your first single that you guys recorded that you put out? Yeah. Yeah. We recorded it in Ivana's basement. No, no, no. We wrote it in Ivana's basement. Okay. I remember. Where'd you guys record it? With Orrin Isaacs, I think, who does all CBC television now. Oh yeah. Okay. So so. And then the rest of the record, in the rest of the record, we recorded in my bedroom at home. So was it the full? Like, was it a full album, or was it an EP that you guys started selling at shows and different things like that, or was it a single? I think I, I think it was an EP. I can't remember. Yeah. Okay, so like a handful of songs. Yeah, Yeah. and then for the major release, it was an an album, like some of those songs and some new ones. So how how was that? Yeah, because I remember. I mean, it's it's an you know people talk about the um, the bare naked ladies yellow cassette, right? I've heard that story. I don't know how many times. I think I first heard it on was it 
I don't know if it was called CFNY or The Edge, but, you know, Water 2.1, you know, I would always hear about the yellow cassette um, and, and how well that did, same sort of idea that you guys had. But when I heard the story about Bass's Bass selling 70,000, I go, that's crazy. I've never heard that story before, um, you know, outside of me having to do research on, you know, for this, for this chat. Um, well, I don't know where the, where the timeline landed, you know, who was first to sort of make that happen, but was it all happening at the same time, you guys and the bare naked ladies, or did you see? No, what no, you were doing? no the ladies are way ahead. We're okay. way ahead of us. Yeah. Like we had no idea. We didn't really know about the music industry. Yeah. How it worked and what it was about. No, it came much later and, and it was all innocent. Like it just, sure, we did just what we play. did. Yeah. And it, and the success was innocent. Um, that's why it worked because it all came out of love. And even those numbers, I'm not sure about those numbers completely. That's what they have them in bios and who knows, like they could have been skewed. Like they could, they, they could have been like altered because of the industry and wanted the story to look better. I don't know. <laughs> But I do know that we were popping off. That's so, so somebody, somebody that I wanted to ask you about, I, 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 I either didn't know or I'm sure I probably more forgot. Um, but I've always admired him as a celebrity chef, is Roger. So, yeah. like, like, can you talk a bit about a guy that goes from MC to celebrity chef? I think that's yeah. Fantastic. He's one of my best friends. Still, we talk every day. We talk every day. We, in fact, we spoke this morning, I think, or no, no, just a little while ago. Like every day, we send messages to each other, and he's just a brilliant, kind, loving, amazing, talented person. Hyper intelligent, hyper talented. Anything, anything he wants to do, he does really well. Hmm. And and now he can still do music comfortably, but he can. Mm-hmm. He's also like a celebrity chef. Like I don't know, he's just one of those people. He's so good at everything. Was he into, was he into like was he a foodie back then? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like he just he just had a way with food. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember like if you know, we would make a peanut butter sandwich, but he would make peanut butter and banana a sandwich and the way it would look was different than everyone else's. <laughs> you know, I remember when he was going to school to cook and I came to Toronto to visit and I'd moved away by then. And I remember him like just the way he touches food, the way it's just mal- the way it's malleable in his hands, and the way he looks at spices, and it's almost like if there's a synesthesia with with spices and but with food, he has it. You know, his father's the same way too. My dad was the same way. Yeah. Have has he? What what's your favorite dish he's he's uh, made for you? You know what? We haven't really cooked that much. In fact, at all. When he was in school, he was cooking things. But when we're together, we just go somewhere to eat, or we're just and we're rarely yeah. together. But when we are, sure. Yeah, like if I go to a Chinese restaurant or like any kind of Asian restaurant, I'm letting him order because he just knows. He knows you know what, what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure, for sure. I've I've got um, I've got a question from a listener. Okay. Uh, but there's a couple of comments that that that, that preceded. So the first off, uh, as a, and this is her comment. Her name is Faiza. Okay. She says, "15-year-old me had the biggest crush on him, second to Prince and Lenny Kravitz." So you're you're, you're in good good company there. Um, okay. 
She lied about going to church and went to a bassist bass concert at Harborfront instead. Wow, that's yeah. funny. <laughs> Uh, I'm also supposed to tell you that she listens to the song "I Cry," uh, and she la- and she watches it specifically uh, when she was watching the protesters in Minnesota after the George Floyd uh, murder. Uh, she calls it her song of compassion. Um, her question- wow, that's that's incredible. Yeah, I want to talk. I want to come back to that as well, Shin. If I if if I could, okay. Um, Her question, uh, she's curious about your creative process and is it the same? Is it different? Uh, You know, when, if you're one for, you know, when you're making your own music for yourself versus when you're producing uh, for others, Uh, you know, so for example, I know you're working with uh, this band, uh, Rare Americans, I think. Um, Yeah. So, so tell me. You're really up on me. I, that's all I do, Chin, is, is I just stalk. He's been stalking you for weeks. 24/7. It's amazing. It's amazing. I'm, I'm glad somebody cares. So there you go. So tell me, tell us about the creative process. How is it different? How is it similar? Okay. So when I create for myself, it's, it's just, if I have a feeling, if I think I have a thing on my heart, if it's because like um, I have the guitar and I just want to pick it up and like, you know, something will come out of it. Or sometimes if it's like, if it's for an other, uh, like sometimes an idea will come out of like a beat or, or, or just noodling with some chords or a sound or some words that stuck in my head. But then when you work with a client, um, another artist, I hate calling them clients, but um, uh, another artist, you uh, listen to what they already came with and you figure out maybe you can make it better by snipping in here and adding this there. Or sometimes you just write from scratch with them and then you talk about, you know, what are you feeling when you did that? Where were you, what were you thinking? You know, where, who, what do you want to be? What's the song about? And then it comes out like there's never one way to do anything. It, it just, yeah. um, I don't have a formula. It just happens. And it's, it doesn't always happen quickly. And sometimes it doesn't happen at all. It just, you know, I, I've been lucky. Like I've never really suffered from kind of a writer's block because I don't really believe in it. Hmm. I don't put that. I don't put that pressure on myself either. Sometimes I can write. Sometimes I can't. And then the next day I can write, or yeah. I can always write, but it's not always going to be good, and that's okay. You know. Mm. Yeah. That is so true. Mm. Yeah. So um, there's no 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 real process, except letting it happen naturally. In both cases, even. Eh? Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, let's let's go back to the song "I Cry." Okay. Um, you know, my, my sister and, and sure others sort of, you know, when, when you hear a song, um, you know, you, you, you tend to start associating it with different things, or if there's a moment that comes up in life, uh, you know, for people that music is very important to them, whether they're an artist or they just love music, mm-hmm. you know, a tune or a song or a verse or a, a lyric comes to them. And for, for Faiza, the lyrics in the song I cry came to her mm. as she's watching, um, you know, the events surrounding George Floyd and, and what happened in Minneapolis and, um, you know, throughout the States this, this past summer. Um, sure. When you're, there's so many questions that come out of this, Chin, that I want to ask you. Um, sure. 
I guess the first, did you ever think when you were writing this song or did it ever occur to you afterwards that people started associating this with things much different than maybe what you and, and the group first wrote it for? Yeah, but that's the beautiful thing about songs, right? Hmm. Even if they, if I wrote about a specific thing, which I did, it was just me feeling bad for somebody who couldn't get out of their own misery or hmm. that constantly looked at the darker side of things or the sadder side of things or, you know, it's just me feeling bad for someone. Yeah. You know, but but for somebody else, it's like like Faiza, that's what it was for her. And And I remember someone coming up to me when I first moved to Vancouver saying that they played it at their friend's funeral just because they used wow. to sing it all the time. They, yeah. they used to sing the song all the time. Uh, um, sometimes, it's not, sometimes it's not even about a lyric. It's just about a feeling like, you know, it's just about a feeling Yeah. and that the song and the melody gives you and it takes you. I remember that there's a smashing pumpkin song that always reminds me of summer in the nineties, you know, the 1971 or whatever that song, yeah. I forget yeah. what the title is, but to me, to me, that reminds me of all the th- all the songs that influenced that song. So for me, it was Joy Division. And I remember going, so that immediately correlates to listening to CFNY, which totally reminded me of going to CFNY parties that Chris was doing in, in, in at Ontario Place. Like, you know what I mean? It just, songs are like photographs. And, and, and because it's not an actual photograph, everybody has their own picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... I'm just really, I'm, just, I'm really like when I say honored, like I'm so, I can't believe that. Like I'm so honored that um, somebody got something out of it, you know? Early on when you mentioned about CFNYs, I think back to the spirit days, um, like when you were independent and really trying to hone your craft and get your music out there, um, was it, was it, Spirit of Radio CFNY, was there other stations that were really supportive of you at the time? No. Hmm. No. Um, we grew we grew up on grew up I turned radio. Like on Sunday there was a show called Dave Dance Music and on Saturday, it was the rap show. I remember we used to go, I used to go to the station when I found out they're going to preview the new Claw Quest record for all of it. Really, like I, I just, I dove in and, and I always thought our city was the coolest. I didn't care about the mainstream, but I knew the mainstream. Uh, I just cared about what was happening in the community. So many cool things were happening and CFNY and, and, and C, what, what's the one at UFT? Uh, CIUT, C-I-U-T. Or, C- or CKLN um, for Ryerson, yeah, for sure. CKLN, yeah, but those those are the stations that influenced me. Like mm-hmm. all the underground DJs had their own shows. All the, you know, the ska shows, the rock shows, the every everything was the best. Yeah, my sun, peers sun, playing my Sundays, Sundays on CFNY were quite cool with the this the, the mosaic format of. You know the height of jazz. Yeah, and you go into the 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 religious show, and I'm trying to remember who that is. But anyway, yeah, just neat. Yeah, neat, neat programming back then that we don't have today, unfortunately. Yeah. What do you, What are your thoughts around that chin? Around um, you know most uh, kids. Um, I don't know you. You could tell us if you've got you've got a house full of them there, uh, but but you know how mm-hmm. how were they 
consuming music? How is that different than when you were growing up consuming? And how is that impacting uh, the way up and coming musicians and artists are getting discovered or, or finding work and such? Well, you know what? It hasn't changed. Every, older people always like to say it's so different <laughs> when we were young. It's not. It's not. Uh, I'll tell you why. The, the only yeah. thing that they don't do, they don't have, and, and if they want, they could have it. Um, they didn't have to go to a record store and look up on the board and see what the newest release was. Now yeah. it's done for them every Friday. They didn't have to go to Star Sound or play the record and, and be in line up to buy the 12-inch. That's not their experience. Their experience is different. They didn't pick up the vinyl and, and read who produced what, who's playing what. Now they just look it up. They can look it up and they can get everything and more mm-hmm. at the fingertips. And not only that, but they're having this beautiful experience. We're, it's just different for them than us. You know, my kids have such amazing taste in music and they're really savvy in their flavor, like of things that they like. It's just an art in general. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're very like, sharing they like to share what they're listening to and and all their friends are the same way and and all the the, a lot of the clients i work with are the same way and today was really cool but i was writing with uh not writing i was on a zoom call with my high school band and these guys are like yeah these guys are like lawyers and business like independent retired business people that are really successful and they still love music so much and we had we had like a a session on zoom mm-hmm. and the diff- the only difference between myself and them is that I still do this. So I'm in touch with everything that's going on. They're not, but they still love music. Yeah. Right. And, but it's really funny, like how my ears are young, you know, my body and, and my mind might not be, but my, my ears and the things that I like have always been ahead, you know, even like, uh, I don't know. Go if you look on Instagram. So, um, Ivana, Ivana posted our group before Roger was in it. My brother and another gentleman were in the group, and and she posted um, a, a performance of ours on Electric Circus. Right? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 I remember Monica asked me this question about if it was hard. I forget what the question was, but I said the same thing back then as I said to you. Now I go, no, 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 we haven't really experienced anything negative. In fact, we're playing on all these people's records, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing now, man. Like, it's just, I'm, I just, Rare Americans is like, they're kind of like gorillas. And there's a big rock element in what they do, but also there's a big program funk, yeah. jazz rap music element right so mm-hmm. that's what i'm saying like all that stuff that i grew up listening to and learning it's all to play now and and now i'm always the oldest in the room most of producing records and 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 this business was created by the young for the young and the minute you you don't fit in you could do two things you could pretend you're young and look like an idiot or you can bow out gracefully and let other usher somebody else in and let, let it keep growing, right? But I'm still in this place where I really enjoy creating and I love learning. I think that's the thing that 
sets those creators apart. I mm-hmm. want to keep evolving and not everything, nothing, not everything's relevant to me. Like I'm not working on all the Drake songs because I'm not that generation. I'm not, I'm not going to those clubs. I'm not doing those drugs. I'm not going, you know what I mean? I'm not banging with them. Like I'm not mm-hmm. one of them, but, but I appreciate musically what's going on, but even more so I know where they're coming from because of all the things that I've been through. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, um, if, if anything, if anything, sorry, go on, go on. No, 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 I, no. I was please finish. Uh, I was just saying, if anything, like my ears and that collection of music in my head enables me to keep going. And I'm, I'm a good A and R person. If a label, uh, I, I recently took an A and R job with the, uh, with Serena Ryder's label. She has a label called Art House, and yeah, have good ears. Like I know, I know it's going to pop or I know a good song, you know, I, I, I have that intuition. So hmm. the minute I lose that, the minute I lose that. And by that, I mean, the minute I lose interest in music yeah. on that level, then it's time for me to not do music, you know, like look <laughs> at uh, Clive Davis is 88 years old. He's the chief coat. Co- yeah. He's the chief of uh, BMG or Sony North America. He's still doing music, hmm. you know, I just watched the, uh, uh, yeah, I think he's like chief of operations for the entire company. And I watched a Netflix special on him and all the things that he did to write to his old, whatever that age is. You know, he, he signed Alicia Keys when he was supposed to be over the hill, right? So, so and, and he can do all those things, going back to the question, yeah. because he, he's a listener. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He knows a lot. And I like to feel that I'm in that, I'm, I'm not in that place, but I'm in a place where I just love music and it's not about what's in or out. I just love a good song. You're still discovering music rather than listening to Absolutely. the same playlist you grew up with. I do that too, but yes, sure. but a, a big chunk of it is like listening. Yeah. So in terms of, in terms of uh, discovering and, and working with young artists, I, I was... Um, I guess before COVID shut us all down, um, a few of us went down to Buffalo and it was a small little basement bar and it was the beaches. And I mean, the beaches can sell out the Danforth yet here we are in this room that had 150 people in it, 200 people maybe. Um, okay, but, the, right? but the opening band was amazing, but the opening band was Moscow apartment, which I believe you've worked with. Yeah. You worked in <laughs> Moscow apartment. I do it. I think they're incredible. Um, yeah, it was it was amazing. I mean, the, the two of them were just phenomenal opening up. And I mean, I don't know if they have a bigger band when they're not, you know, trying to sneak out of high school to get down to Buffalo to play a weeknight show. Um, but yeah, the, the, the show is amazing. But so what I wanted to ask you was when you're working with bands like that, like for young artists, what, you know, you've talked about working with them and finding them and, and enjoying the music. What What advice do you have for artists? I would say just keep creating Mm -hmm. keep creating and then figure out if you still want to do this you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. and also you know know what you're getting into don't don't go into it blindly but but first and foremost keep your artistry like keep creating though that's what those girls are doing They, they just create they write all the time I think they're going to be humongous. I think they're going to be huge. I, I feel really hopeful for them. Yeah. They've got a great show. Yeah. They put on a great show for sure. 
You, you Chin, you seem to be like the UN of uh, of record producers. <laughs> Moscow apartments, rare Americans. Um, like who? Who's next? Who else? Who else are you working with? I don't, I don't know. There's uh, some cool artists coming out of Vancouver. I'm, I'm working. I work with this girl named Abir A B I R on Atlantic. Um, I don't know. It just I, I I I've been doing television as I told you. Took a little break yeah. from the record game. Uh, you know, when it gets a little flat, I kind of I dip out and I want to do something that's going to inspire me. Mm-hmm. So it's not always in the record game. You know, music is in it lives in so many places. Fair. Listen, I I, I I'm going to be honest with you here. Um, when, when your name came across my desk, I looked at this name and I go, sounds familiar. I don't know this person. Then I started reading. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember bases base. And then what shocked me was I'm reading more and I go, what? Three time Grammy award winner. Mm-hmm. Juno's okay. I can see the Juno's, but wait, three time Grammy award winner. And I'm thinking in my head, how come I'm not hearing about Chin outside of somebody contacting Greg and I saying, hey, Chin might be a great guest for your show. So I'm gonna, I want to ask you this. What is it with, is, 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 this a, is, is this a Canadian thing? Is it a music thing? What is it that, yeah. that we don't know about Chin and his, and not just, any Grammy Award winner, but you're winning this with your work on, on with 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 Eminem. Yeah, you know? I think you know what I think it's because of where I live now. Thank when you. I, yeah, huh. it's a it's a city that doesn't really uh, actively and forwardly celebrate its own. Like I remember when we won that Grammy, we were on the cover of the Entertainment and. Toronto of the the star here, but when I was here, no one wrote anything about anything, and and for me to go and ask people to write about me, it doesn't look good, right? Hmm. Um, they even gave me like a, a star, like a star on the Walk of Fame here, and they still don't celebrate. They didn't make a big deal out of it; they just gave it to me, right? So I don't know, I don't know why I would attribute that to. Uh, I think if I was in Toronto, it would be different for sure. It would be because because Toronto has really changed from when we grew up in Toronto. Yeah. We celebrate our own in Toronto now. People are proud to be Torontonians. And yeah. you feel that all over the world. Like if you go to LA, the Torontonians are proud of who they are and where they're from. And in some ways it actually opens doors. You know, really? people take meetings from you from our from oh yeah, it's not like that in Vancouver. Yeah. I mean I and it's a conversation I've had before. But it's this conversation you got to be careful about because you don't want to sound like a bad sport or whatever it is. I do mm. find it weird, and and let's let's face it, like we do music to be heard and seen as well, Fair not enough. just express. Yeah, or, imp- or, or for some people, impress. We impress. Like people, you know, yeah. I want to be known for the cool things I got to do. <laughs> I mean, I I work with them. How could I not be proud of that? You know, I work. On one of my, like I, I, I did. I've done a lot of cool things, and a lot of it goes uncelebrated, and a lot of it goes noticed. Yeah. Right. But I've never been like a. I've never been like he's on the cover of. I haven't been on a cover of anything in years. 
Yeah. And what's so funny is that I've done the biggest things in my life mm-hmm. now, right? Yeah. And my city it just doesn't celebrate its own. Like the year that I won, when I say I, the one thing that we won for Eminem, yeah. the only other people that got uh, Grammy that year that was Canadian was Arcade Fire. Us and Arcade Fire, nobody else. Yeah. Yet, we didn't get celebrated. Either Arcade Fire didn't even get celebrated that much. Yeah, that was that was you a huge, that was a huge award, and it, it's so, it. I mean, a few of us were blown away by it. But you're right; it wasn't like we didn't. We as a country didn't celebrate it like we we do when the which was weird because it was celebrated <laughs> big time in the U.S. Like they did a they were on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, they did a. They did a special right after Saturday Night Live. It was like a, an extra 20 minutes at the back end. Yeah. Um, yeah. It seemed they were celebrated down in the States, but yeah, you, you sort of don't realize, you know, where is all the, uh, all, all the Canadian radio stations or talk shows or newspapers? I don't know. I don't know. But you know it's what? Nuts. Now I just chalk it up as, man, I'm so lucky. I'm so grateful. Yeah. And yeah. I don't want. I don't want to fight for that attention. That's weird. Mm-hmm. That yeah, the- it wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't asking more long. Are you angry at it? But I'm like, it was more of asking, why? Like, why wouldn't? Like, why Did shouldn't it- Greg and I hear about? Uh, I, this? I don't know. I don't. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. But what's, what's amazing is if you go to every desk of every executive in this business in this country, probably in this continent, they know my name. And I yeah. and I get work and I get work. So the people that need to know you know you, <laughs> kinda. But yeah. not even that. Like it's political. It's political, man. Like ever going to get hired? People don't like to admit. Not that I'm dying to do a country record, but there's never uh, <laughs> a rock record. There might be a rock record that I want to do, but I won't get it. Somebody else will, you know. Yeah. And that's been the story of my musical life as a producer. I just do what I do and people don't know where to put me, but oh. now that actually works in my favor because I know yeah. all, all the artists I love are just like that. So the, the reward is work, getting to work with the people that I want to work with. That's the reward. Mm-hmm. It's not the other stuff. Mm-hmm. So Jim, one of the questions that we'd like to ask our, our guests is, Around what what's what's in your earbuds lately? Like, what are you listening to? Um, I have made a playlist of songs that reminded me of this past year, mm. and I top of the playlist was "Lockdown" by Anderson Pack. And I forget the kid's name. He did that. I just want to live song. And then on top of that, it, it just, it went all over the place, but it was just really tied into like, they're like hymns, songs of freedom, you know, those kind of things like uplifting songs are what really inspired me. And then on top of that, um, I've been really, I've been really um, checking out producers on Twitch. Oh yeah. And I was watching Disclosure a lot. There's a producer in Vancouver named Pomo I was watching. Uh, 
I watched this thing on uh, Clive Davis the other day, and I think I want to make a playlist, a Clive Davis playlist, and that would include everything from Patti Smith to Whitney Houston, you know, to Bruce Springsteen to The Grateful Dead to uh, Luther Vandross to Buster Rhymes and Pharrell Williams to Outcast, you know, like so much. There's so much. Um, am I listening to anything that's new? Not actively, but fairly new, right? Um, I really like some of the new Taylor Swift. I, just, I think she's incredible. Um, constantly, I'm constantly on the hunt for good rock music. I don't know any right now. Um, I'm sad that there's no such thing as alternative anymore, you know, because, like, I would love to hear somebody that likes the Cocktail Twins, you know? Mm-hmm. Um I listen to obviously I listen to rap music all the time because I'm always working in that medium. Um, Zappa sometimes. Have you seen the doc? No, I can't wait. Alex Winter's doc that he put out. Oh my god, it's so good! It is yeah, so good. You gotta watch it. I'm going to, and then I want to watch the BG. I want to watch the BG's doc well, as well. Yeah. yeah, I've heard the BG's one. A lot of people really love that. Yeah, I mean they're incredible. Yeah. Love it. I don't know, man. That's a hard question for someone like me because no, <laughs> you know it's always interesting to, to ask that because you get you get very different answers. Um, it's, it's not just what they do for a living; it's just everybody's got a different view on what they are and are not listening to. So I appreciate that. Thank you, Chin. I, I, I wanted I mean, to ask. Sorry, go ahead. Finish your thought, Chin. No, it's okay. I wanted to ask you. You know, you talked about this playlist that you're putting that you've put together. Um, mm-hmm. If you were to, you know, thinking back on 2020. Yes, bro. Um, what will you, like, what are your thoughts on this year? Say that again. Think, thinking back on 2020, huh. how will you remember this this past year? Definitely. Probably like the year I came back to me, you know, because I was forced to, I was forced to. Um when you're on lockdown, when you're only with your family, when you're only with your mom, when you're only, you know, uh, you get back to me. Like I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm a practicing Christian. I started a Bible study group in early COVID and, and I connected with friends. I remember looking at the sky for a change in Toronto and not seeing anything in it, but the sky and seeing wildlife in the city, like deer in high park. And I, I remember seeing a, uh, I think a Fox, and in, in the Jewish neighborhood that we grew up in and and been being in Vancouver, how I felt like people weren't taking it as serious seriously as they were in Toronto, but then now they are and Toronto's just in lockdown. It's crazy. So basically going back to myself, you know, it's the first time in my adult life that I really I went in. Yeah. And so cool. going in from going, it is, man. It is like when you're not going to get that opportunity again, we're losing it slowly. You know, now with the vaccine, I don't know. I still, we have to have another year of, of, of this weird life that we're living, but yeah. it's necessary. I think it was necessary. A reboot. I think so. Hmm. I think so. I wish I had a better answer than that, but that. Mm-hmm. That's it. I can't describe it, but it was the year that I came back to me, you know? Are you more creative this year than in the years past? 
No, I'm always creative, but this year I was so creative. Like I'm yeah. making so much. Yeah, and I love it. I, I dream about it. I stay up late at night looking at tutorials and and learning my relearning in my instruments, playing way more bass. I'm a bass player and I never play bass because I produce records. And now this year I'm picking up my bass every Saturday and learning songs again. And just for that self-interest, you know? Yeah. That is so cool. Well, listen, speaking of picking up your bass, um, you, you, we, we have asked you and you've been kind to agree to, to play uh, oh, yes. whatever song you want. It could be something that just comes out of your heart right now or something you've been listening to, but we'd love to hear uh, a tune or two from you. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of what I can... Um, this is an old song that I wrote, okay? Yeah. Great. Because I don't know the words of the new ones yet. In a world that's growing strangely dim In a time when no one's offering In the hearts of men when everything grows cold your love, your love, your love, it keeps me warm. In a place where all things turn to rust. In a time it seems there's no one you can trust. Out of the dark, in from the cold. Your love, your love, it keeps me warm Fire, fire Fire, fire Keeps on burning, burning, burning In my soul Keeps on burning Keeps on burning Keeps on burning, burning Burning in my soul, burning in my soul. So, oh, the rain won't wash it out, no, the wind won't blow it out, no man can stop it out. I know. Oh, the rain won't push it out, and the wind won't blow it out, and no man can wash it out, I know, fire, 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 keeps on burning, burning, burning in my soul, keeps on burning. Keeps on burning, keeps on burning, burning, burning in my soul, burning in my soul. Can't forget the words to those songs. <laughs> That's wonderful. That Thank was, you. was great. Yeah, that really was. Thank you. Thank you. It was, a, it was a. It was a. Oh, thank you. It was just a combination of two verses and an outro. But uh, I haven't been playing a lot lately. But thank you, guys. Thank you so much for your time, Chin. 
This has mm-hmm. been great. Uh, much appreciated. Chin, if, if people want to um, re-engage with you, your music and what you're working on, where mm-hmm. should they go to check it out? Uh, Chinstagram on Instagram. C-H-I-N-S-T-O-G-R-A-M. Just hit me there. That's where I'm active. Yeah. Chin, thank you so much. Yes, Chin, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure, bud. Of course. Happy New Year. Thank you, guys. Take care of yourselves. God bless.